Well, hello. Hello. So it's been a week. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple weeks. Well, I mean, this week specifically has been a week. Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, as you were messaging me about what we, how we wanted to open things, I got in message from my mom with a live news story from Minneapolis um, with a truck that drove into protesters on 35W. Oh, God. An 18-wheeler tanker truck. Oh, God. Um, Nobody was hurt, so we just found out, like, I have the news playing in the background with the sound off. Uh, The only person that was injured is the driver when people pulled him out of the truck. Um, No life-threatening injuries, and he's under arrest. Um, because 35 du- all the freeways have been closed um, and protesters have filled the freeways and the police know about it. They are not bothering them. It's all peaceful. There have been no issues until this one fucking truck showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he like, I'll have to send it to you later so that you can see it because it's literally like a sea full of people. There's like hun- there's thousands of people out in the in the in the lanes on 35w and then this truck just barrels through and they just part like the red sea and it's just and then as soon as the truck stops they just jump on this truck and pull this guy out of the truck oh my god and the cops came in and took him off and took him to he went to the hospital with injuries he sustained from you know people being pissed at him for trying for trying to kill all those people because there's no way that you can't say that that's what he was trying to do. Right. And then he's under arrest. So, cause none of his itch- injuries are threat- life threatening. Wow. So, so anyway, um, so <laughs> everywhere I have ever lived is on fire right now. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, a revolution game. Yeah. Um, so and yeah. we, we, we want to, we want to try and do something light today because we both need it. Um, but, but before we get to the lightness, we, we just want to say we fully support the protests. Uh, we are, completely behind everyone who is in each city you know denver is is doing things chicago minnesota it's it's everywhere and and we and we support it and we just want people to be safe uh be smart and if you are not protesting and if you have the means to do it there are bail funds that you can donate to uh, I, pulled up, I pulled up the list if you want yes um, but, please so uh if you're in chicago if you're in chicago or if you uh, and you want to do chicago i'm just going to do the highlights of denver chicago and minneapolis yeah um and then we can put a link in the show notes um if you want i can send you the one because i have it pulled up i can just send it to you really quick That'd be great. Um, if you if you are in any if you're in another city and you want to donate to those funds or you know as you're watching the news and you're seeing these places escalate, 
um, especially some of the places that have gotten really out of control with their with the protesters uh, and the police are not being civil. Uh, we can post that. So there's a link to just about every major city in the United States um, that is currently, you know, we're all erupting into anger because of anger. And um, and this time, you know, if every you know, not everyone can go out and protest and we totally acknowledge that I'm somebody who can't go out there because I will I will kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. I, I get I have such a like quick trigger that like the minute anybody fucked with me, I would I would kill someone so um i am best uh on the sidelines supporting people in the ways that i can uh financially and getting the word out and you know fighting people where i can um but so if you're in chicago if you want to donate to chicago's bail relief funds um it's chicagobond.org slash donate um if you want to do denver it's Fundly, which is fund with an L-Y at the end, dot com slash Colorado Freedom. And if you want, there's a lot for Minneapolis, um, but the uh, Minnesota Freedom Fund.org, um, they are also asking you to help in other areas. So you can, they have links and can redirect you to places that they want the money to go. Um, there's also a couple of funds there that they've had listed uh, for George Floyd's family. Uh, they have a, a GoFundMe going right now to help them with their expenses and the legal fees and, and all that that they're going to need going forward. Um, let me I want to find that real quick mm-hmm. uh, so that we can share that as well. And there are also, uh, you know, small businesses that have been affected by this. There are uh, medical facilities that have been affected by this. Uh, Earlier, I saw that I I think the only still operational uh, abortion clinic in Kentucky was was hit pretty hard by the by the riots. so, so I, I know that there is a fundraiser to help them uh, still be able to see people because they were already in trouble based on where they're at and what's been going on with the pandemic because unfortunately right. that's still going on. Yeah. Um, so so keep, keep an eye out. I'm sure a lot of that is in the, the link that we'll be uh, posting. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, def- if... And if you can't, if you don't have the means to donate money right now, you know, there's a lot of other things that you can do support black owned, black owned businesses in those cities, Um, you know, support, support the cause any way that you can get the word out. Don't stand up like don't uh, stand quiet when people are fucking around and and complaining or saying that this is the worst, because literally two weeks ago, we let people storm a Capitol building with AR, AR 47s because they have to wear masks and because they can't get their hair cut. Yeah. And like we, that was fine. And now we're tear gassing people who are upset that we've murdered yet another unarmed black man. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's so much going on in the world right now. And this was a fuse. This was a, a fuse that blew and we knew it was coming. <laughs> and like, yeah. Right yeah. now. Viva la revolution, as far as I'm concerned, because 
if anybody has the right to burn this fucking country to the ground, it's the people who built it for free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. Um, if you, and if you want to donate to uh, George Floyd's family, um, it's gofundme.com slash F slash George Floyd. Um, we can post that one as well. They originally you know, we're wanting to just raise 1.5 million. Um, they have now, as of when I loaded the page, raised over 6 million, um, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So that's going to definitely help them keep this fight going, help them with their expenses and help them kind of recoup the loss that they have of this, of this person taken from them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't want to talk too much about it. Um, because I know that it's the whole point of us recording today is that we wanted to try to bring some levity and, and everything is talking about it and everything is, this is everywhere. And it's all with the backdrop of COVID-19. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, and then it's, you know, um, Ahmed Aubrey before that and Breonna Mm -hmm. Taylor before that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's all of these people who, it's just one after the other and it's a domino effect. And then that fucking Amy Cooper chick in fucking New York mm-hmm. who acts, you could see the moment um, Trevor Noah posted a thing yesterday. He's like, you can see the moment she knew when she was being racist and she could use it to her advantage because mm-hmm. for her calling the cops is a completely different experience and using specifically the language an African-American man is threatening my life. Yeah. And it's like, it's, he's like, it was the first time we've really seen the white woman make the decision in the moment, knowing full well what the consequences of her actions were going to be for that man. Because if the police had shown up, he might not have lived. Yeah. You know? And it's a whole, it's like, so fuck her. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I'm glad she lost her job and I'm glad they took her dog from her. Yeah, she deserves it. She deserves it. And I'm so, so, but more importantly, I'm so, so glad that Christian Cooper got to walk away from that situation and go home. I know. I know. And, and, and finding out that he, he's from the comics industry and like so easily somebody that had such an impact on, on an industry that we both care about so much, uh, just off of, something this like this lady essentially being selfish and not wanting to put her dog on a leash which like are you are you fucking serious what is wrong with you uh we're lucky we're lucky that he he didn't get taken from us because not not everybody is as lucky right but we we wanted to um, we wanted to get that out there and and just be like we're 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 fully in support of this fight. Uh, yep. So anything anything that you can do, even if it's just sharing the links that we share and and getting it out there, um, because a lot yep. of people are going to need a lot of help uh, coming up. For sure, and you know at the end of the day too, it's just if, if, and the most important thing is if you are going out there, please be safe, cover your face, cover your tattoos, cover anything that they can use to identify you. 
and wear goggles because they can protect you from tear gas. And like, just if you are out there, please, please, please be safe. And if you are somebody who is not black and you are not a person of color and you are a white person who's out there standing up for them, be in the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Put yourself between them and the cops because they're good. If they're less likely to hurt you because we're dealing with racism. So be in the way. And, you know, also it, it, the last thing I'll say is just don't tell people how to feel. Yeah. You know, it's, (laughs) I, it's not, it is not our place to tell people how to feel when their community is being systematically murdered. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, my weird, so this is a transition of levity, my weird hometown connection, because if I don't know, if anybody listens to this that doesn't know that I'm from Minnesota, but I am from Minnesota. I'm from a suburb of Minneapolis, literally a five-minute drive across a bridge, and I'm in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So I spent most of my youth hanging out in the area, like, not far from where this is all happening, um, ground zero of the of the riots and the, and the protests and what have you. Um, and... Uh, my hometown connection to this whole thing is Mike Freeman, the DA. Um, His son was my elementary school boyfriend. What? (laughs) Yeah. I haven't talked to him since elementary school. Like it was because I moved and like, I don't, but I used to like hang out with him. Like he was my little, like as much as you can have a boyfriend in elementary school, it was like, we like held hands and like flirted with each like kid flirted with each other. And like, I used to chase him around the gym. <laughs> oh my God. And, and then if I caught him, I would kiss him oh. <laughs> and then he would chase me around the gym. And then if he caught me, he would kiss me. So and it was like a little cheek peck, but like, yeah. So also fuck that guy. He was terrible then. And he's terrible now. Right. So, uh, that is not my endorsement of Mike Freeman. That is Mike Freeman, the senior, because uh, his son was also named Mike Freeman, not a junior, just Mike Freeman. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> uh, Mike Freeman's a fucking douche. Yeah. And uh, fuck him. And my mom was telling me, she said, you know, I thought he was a douche when you guys were in grades, when you were in, ki- in elementary school together. And then um, I'm glad to see that I was dead on. Yeah. I mean, not glad. I mean, I'm not happy, but I mean, I'm also, I feel more vindicated that I never engaged with them and tried to keep a distance from him and his wife because they were just terrible people. Yeah. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> and it, t- it took me a minute because I'd only heard all the reports on, out of Minneapolis have just been D.A. Freeman. I hadn't heard any, I didn't hear his first name. Uh-huh. So like Freeman's a pretty, pretty common name, sure. right? So I'm just like, whatever. And she's like, man, when you guys were in elementary school or when you were in elementary school, I really clocked to that guy. And I said, what guy? And she's like, Freeman. I said, wait, no, that Freeman? Oh. Mike Freeman? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> oh, said, my God. Oh. <laughs> I hate that for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> yeah. But fuck him. He's a piece of shit. Yep. So anyway. Um. My biggest growth is that I have not been fighting with people on Twitter about what the degrees of murder mean. Hey. So. That's 
That's growth. That is growth. So, um, well, what have you been up to uh, to distract yourself from all this? Um, I've been watching some TV that isn't. 24 hour news cycle yeah which is the biggest bonus to getting rid of like an actual cable is like i have an app that's cable now yeah and um it's fine it but it's also it's not fun to like try to like navigate for watching live tv which is literally why i bought it like i didn't want to sit here and just watch live tv all day long and just put on nonsense like if i want to watch something i want to have intent behind Uh it Um, because I don't watch a ton of TV when we're not in a quarantine situation and I I have a very curated experience. Now all bets are off. (laughs) Yeah. um, Because we've been locked up for three months. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been, I've been watching a lot of stuff, but I've been able to avoid the 24 hour news cycle. Um, and just pop into Twitter every now and then, or just pop in on like my app, like my news app every now and then, which doesn't give me alerts anymore. Good. Um, because of which hasn't for a couple of years because of just my mental health regarding our, our lack of a president. Right. Um, so, uh, I did, I've started, I watched a few comedy specials this week. Ooh. Um, I watched Pat Oswalt's new special, which is very funny. Okay. Um, and I watched, it's on Netflix and I watched Hassan, um, Hassan Minaj, his, um, new special. And then I also started watching Patriot Act, which, um, I wouldn't recommend if you're trying to not be political. Yeah. Everything, uh, everything I've seen from that show, number one, looks great. Like looks super well researched and delivered well, but like fucking heavy yeah so it's um i am somebody i am somebody who is you know i'm gonna watch that stuff anyway because but he it's very well researched he's very funny i always loved him on the daily show Mm -hmm. his special is not political um i mean it does deal with racism because you know he's an indian american right uh and a first generation indian american so um, it has a little bit of racism in it, but it's a life story. It's not just him talking about racism. Um, and it's very good. And it's called Homecoming King. Okay. Um, so I highly recommend that. It's very funny and very touching. Um, and he tells some really good stories on that. Um, and then most of the stuff that I watch kind of ended. So it's been... Um, I watched... Oh, so I watched this... Um, it's a show on, it was on Netflix. It's like the big flower fight. Okay. And it's a competitive, it's a competitive flower sculpture building show. And it's basically the great British baking show, but it's flowers. Huh. And so it's very gentle and just like, it's mostly British. they the people who compete on it are from all over. They're not just English. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, but the hosts are British. It takes place in, in like a botanical garden in, in the UK. And it's uh, just, it's very soft and like, it's just, they're building flower sculptures. And some of the people have the kookiest outfits and just uh, most of the men are gay. And it's a love, it's just, it was very lovely. And it was kind of one of those things 
that it's like I needed to watch this. Um, and I watched it last weekend during my quarantine birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was very soft and very light. And it came at a time where I just needed something soft and something light. And um, so, yeah, in the absence of having baking show, we have the flower fight, which is essentially the same thing, but they build beautiful flower sculptures. And that's, that's um, something big that like just, just having, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, the act of just seeing people create things is, yeah. is n- inherently relaxing. Uh, even yeah. when it, when the actual process of the creation is very stressful, when you, when you just are seeing somebody sit down and use their skills to like, actually make something i think it's beautiful uh and Mm. like one of one of the most relaxing things that i like to watch is just speed painting uh where it's just somebody doing a time lapse of of them doing a painting and it's just so soothing to see somebody create something uh you, you see it like from the from the blank canvas and then all the a- extra steps add on to it. And it's nice. It's just nice. Well, uh, that's why we all love Bob Ross so much. Yeah. Because he's just this soft man making these landscape paintings that are arguably not very good paintings, but he's having a really good time and he's teaching you how to be a basic level artist, mm-hmm. you know? And like, who, and his whole philosophy is it doesn't have to be good, you know? Just make it. Yeah. Just have fun with it. Learn how to paint call them happy little trees just be soft and gentle and like you know have a good time and enjoy yourself creativity is just that it's being creative and it doesn't matter what the end result is and you know making it is also a really good show if you like that stuff Mm -hmm. because it's amy it's amy poehler and um nick offerman nick offerman i want i kept like no it's not ron (laughs) that is the character not the man um, Nick Offerman and they're just gentle and sorry <laughs> that might happen a lot today <laughs> yeah yeah um so it's just gentle and they're like encouraging people to be creative in a space that like I just make stuff as a hobby and now I'm on a show where I'm competing making cool shit like and they're all so soft and gentle and everybody's kind to each other and they all help each other and it's like what we need right now in the world is some kindness because, you know, everything is awful and please somebody do something. Yeah. Um, never have I identified more with that fucking headline from Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> Everything's awful. Please somebody do something. Anybody. Anybody uh, <laughs> fix it, please just make it better just just make it better um what else i mean i've watched a lot of shit um but i did stop you know watching new amsterdam for a little while so that's a plus hey Um, well it's 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 in between right oh i mean i've just been watching the same two seasons on repeat okay okay that is the level that I am at that I just keep watching the same two seasons. So I finish season two and I just start season one again. <laughs> it is, it's an yeah. unhealthy obsession. 
but it's also good it's also good background noise because a lot of my tv time is just to have in the background in mm-hmm. between calls at work um at least at work i would have coworkers right. to talk to so oh we're not going back till april uh, till september 28th oh. at the yeah. earliest huh. yeah I, that was my welcome back to work after a four-day weekend on Tuesday, last uh-huh. Tuesday. Oh, no. Th- yeah, it was this Tuesday. Yeah. So on Tuesday when I came back, because I took a four-day weekend because Friday was my birthday. Um, and then we had Memorial Day. Um, and I had taken the day, you know, months in advance before COVID with a plan for how we were mm-hmm. celebrating my birthday. And um, I... When it came down to a couple weeks before my birthday, I was like, well, fuck it. What? I'm just yeah. <laughs> and I did. But I actually had, like, a really nice self-care day. And so I, like, got my bath bombs in the mail. So I did my F-bomb. And I had, you know, a nice margarita in the bath hey. for three. Um, I caught up on... I caught up on my favorite murder, which I hadn't listened to all in like since the quarantine because I do all my podcast listening on the right on my commute. And now I like don't have a commute because I can't just sit there and listen to a podcast because I'm somebody who Mm -hmm. needs to be doing a million things. Um, But I can on the bus because I have nothing else to do. Right. (laughs) Um, But yeah. I watched Dead to Me, which I didn't love season two as much when as I you, When you one. didn't, like, immediately come to me, like, okay, you need to watch this, I was like, all right, I'll get, I'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, I, James Marston is amazing, um, and he steals the whole season, but it's, you know. Eh. yeah. It was kind of just more more of the same. It's just, and it just didn't it didn't escalate in a way for me that felt like mm-hmm. I needed to continue. Um, I I will admit again I I don't watch I don't always watch things in the moment or like I'm always doing more than one thing. So I was also playing The Sims pretty heavily. Yeah. So, um, I might go back and rewatch it, but like it just it did. Usually, like, if I'm playing, if I'm doing something else and I'm, like, Mm. watching Killing Eve, right, I will eventually stop doing what I'm doing because what's going on grosses me in the moment. But, like, I I didn't ever get that out of of season two. It was just kind of, like, eh. Understandable. And, and like, that was, that first season is, like, lightning in a bottle. It's it's so incredibly paced that it makes sense that they might struggle with uh, a second season because it's, it's like, how can you, how can you possibly go anywhere after the tension was just constantly building in that first season? It's like, where, where do you go? Right. And I mean, I will say that like, it's worth it because the way they bring James Marston back is just so good. And like, so like, just and he's just completely he completely steals the season Mm -hmm. like he is so good but also i could watch him he was also in mrs america so i could just watch him there instead and right just as good of a time um 
We really, we really should have been kinder to James Marsden. He really uh, deserved better from us. I have as a been society. banging the drum of James Marsden, just how much I love that guy for years, for years and years. I know. Uh, and I, I got the the sad news that he is signed for an in, indefinite amount of uh sonic sequels and it's like oh honey <laughs> no listen you know what i know He's but like money. oh <laughs> like you do <laughs> but see here's the th- here's the thing about james marsden though is i feel like for every every weird cgi animal buddy cop movie that he makes you know there's some really good artistic stuff that he gets to right. do on the side, right? So, like, he's just kind of balancing his his thing. Because, like, this guy goes and does fucking Sonic and whatever that hippity-hop movie was with the bunny rabbit. And, you know, this essentially the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then he goes and does Mrs. America, where he's mm-hmm. completely different. And he's playing a, a well-respected senator mm-hmm. a republican senator and it's like you know so there's and then he gets to do things like dead to me where he gets to go and have just a fun time and like so for every weird thing he does to make the money he gets to go and play and do really interesting things and then you get to get moments where you're watching something i didn't yeah. know <laughs> in this because he gets to he gets to go and take roles that he thinks are interesting because he's making money doing weird yeah. shit. And, and he, <laughs> he seems to use that power for good where it's like, where where can I show up where people are going to be the most delighted? And it's like, he pulls it off. Right. He pulls it off perfectly. Because like, you wouldn't well, expect him to show up in 30 Rock like based on how that sh- show starts. And- but right. when he does, you're like, I love this. He he fits in perfectly. Yep. And you know, or like, so I watched Mrs. America ended, and like, it's it was a really good show. It's about um, it's about the woman who was the like leader of being against the ERA in the in like the sixties mm-hmm. and seventies, um, and like kind of the battle between her and the feminist and the feminist movement um, and the women who kind of, and it, and I didn't want to watch it because I just do not like Kate Blanchett. Like I just, her mouth gets her in so much trouble that it's just hard and her defending of Woody Allen. Just like, I can't like, you know, I want to like you because you're a really good actress, but at the same time, I just can't with you Um, because she just doesn't do it. But um, I, but I started watching it because it's like I was interested in the story and Margot Martindale is in it who I fucking love and I would like die for. And then um, I liked Rose Byrne and I like um, uh, the chick from Orange is the New Black. I can't remember her last name. Her first name. It's Uzo. Yeah. Her last name's Uzo. Um, But she's she's in it like there and it's a, it's an important story for america for like feminist mm-hmm. history right so it's like i was like i will just give it a chance to spike can't chat and then i'm in and then i'm watching it and then sarah paulson is in it and like um 
James Marsden is in it, and John Slattery is in it, and like all of these people just start showing up that I'm like, oh fuck, um, oh. Banks is in it, and I'm just yeah, and I'm just sitting here going, oh fuck, <laughs> like how come all of these other pe-? and then there's a couple of people that I like recognize but I don't know their names, um, but like you'd recognize mm-hmm. them if you watch them or if you saw if you watched it, like you, oh I know her, and so it's just like um, um, Tracy Ullman is in it. And, like, I just, I couldn't not right. watch it. <laughs> I was like, man, because everybody in this is so good. And also, like, it's important to know, like, the battle that we fought in, in that respect for the ERA, for the Equal Rights Act for women that still yeah. hasn't been passed, you know? And, like, we still don't have equal and rights as women. In the 70s? And, you know. Right. It, that show's set huh? in the 70s, right? Yeah, it started in the 70s with the feminist movement and like the Betty Friedan and the feminine mystique. So she's a car- uh, Tracy Ullman plays Betty Friedan. Um, tr- um, Rose Byrne plays Gloria Steinem. Um, it's and it's all like it's not just it's not just it's like the, the feminist movement. It is the, the fight for e- the Equal Rights Amendment and how it's still not passed. And it's mm-hmm. 2020. <laughs> like, so, you know, it's it's a good reminder that, yeah, when we say, when we, especially when you stand up as a woman of color who has it 10 times worse, which it, um, Uzo, um, plays the, uh, the first black woman to run for public really? Senate okay. in the United States. And, um, so she, you know, how it's hard for a woman it's 10 times harder for a woman of color. It's 10 times harder for a lesbian. It's 10 times Mm -hmm. harder for a trans woman. Like it's just the layers of feminism and how even in those meetings, you know, they had to say like, okay, we have to make cuts somewhere to make this pass. Like, because people are going to just say we're a bunch of angry lesbians, but that's not the case. We're fighting for all women. But if we include all of these specific things for lesbians, it's not that I'm against lesbians, but I'm also mm-hmm. trying to get our bill passed. Is that something that we can add later? And then it's pissing off their les- the, the members of the, of the coalition that are lesbians. And then it's like, you're fighting against these conservative women who are like jumping on the fact that they're lesbian, that there are lesbians involved. And then it's like, then the, you also see the, people on the Republican side and on the conservative side who are sitting there grappling with the fact that like, we're not saying that we don't want women to have rights. We're just, you know, don't want our rights to be not do that taken away. And like their arguments are weird and still sound foreign to anybody who's a normal person, but also they have this whole back and forth and they also have this, this situation of running into, okay, well we have these people that have been helping us, but guess what? When we met them in person, they're hella fucking racist. And we don't want that to be our message. We don't want to be connected to the KKK. We don't want to be connected to David Duke. Like, so that it's like, how do we grapple with that? Because on the one hand, if we kick them out, we lose all of the supporters that we had from them. But on the other hand, we're not racist, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And it's like, yeah. And so it's, um, it's a, it's a good show. It's good. It's another reason to be angry, but um, it also was pretty funny that the the woman just recently died. The woman that mm-hmm. it's about, Phyllis Shafley, she just recently died, and the last book she wrote was the conservative case oh, for Trump. Oh, 
Boy. <laughs> and then she died. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder if she'd still feel that so way. So did she Probably. She was She was not great. Um No, she was she, not great. She died what, two, 2015 or 16? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's it's I don't, it's I don't been within the past couple of years. Uh it, she she lost she died before he won or just after he won because she was still she wrote the conservative case for Trump yeah. while he was campaigning. Well, uh, she she got so. to dip out and after that book and Scott Adams is still hanging in there, still right, uh, still just writing a bunch of tweets about how great Trump is. And it's like Dilbert guy. You gotta stop. You you gotta stop. You you don't know. You don't know anything. Uh, but I hate I hate Dilbert. Yep. So that checks out. Yeah. You know, every everyone sucks. Um, but if you ever if you ever just need to like have somebody who doesn't suck, um, just. Follow Bradley Whitford on, yeah. on Twitter. He's fun. I, I like that guy. He's a delight. Good old, good old Josh. Josh, uh, what is what is that? West Wing or okay? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Josh from West I never Wing. watched West Wing. <laughs> he was because it was yeah. it, when it was on. I was uh, too young to care about politics. That's fair. And I was like. Eh. That's a boring yeah, show. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> they right. just walk and talk all the time about stuff. Turns I out that's Aaron Sorkin's whole thing. <laughs> yep. Can we watch Samurai <laughs> right. Pizza Cats instead? Yes. Uh, and I did. Um, you know, or you, something, a name you'd be more familiar with, Eric. Right. You have to put it in terms of Adam Sandler movies from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. His little weasel laugh. <laughs> oh, Eric is pregnant. Oh, my God. He's going to be a soccer player. <laughs> he is. It has been so long since I've watched that movie. And, like, I'm sure that there's um, a lot that isn't, like, great anymore but there's there's still a lot of gold in that in that movie i know i'm gonna be real i'm gonna be real it it's still about the same i mean some of the way they talk about women but also you also acknowledge that in this in the in the moment that that's not okay even in the world Mm -hmm. they inhabit so you know they're already being called out by the people around them for being shitty um, but yeah, no, I, it's still pretty solid. Right on. It's, it, it's still pretty good. Like, cause I, I'll go back every now and then and happy Gilmore and, and, uh, Billy Madison. Those were like my mm-hmm. movies growing up. I fucking love those movies. And yeah, they still, they're still not bad. They're still, they still hold up pretty well for being Adam Sandler, considering he, his comedy didn't yeah. age very well. Um, they're still they're still not bad. There's you know, 
because he he did kind of refrain from in at least in those movies using any being too much he was always the butt of the joke in the movie so like you know especially billy madison not so much happy gilmore but in billy madison he was the butt of the joke so it's like you know he was meant to be a, a fucking idiot who learned a lesson at the end and i still think that that academic decathlon that end that end scene where eric loses his mind (laughs) (laughs) the the business of ethics is the ethics of business and just that whole thing and the whole like the puppy that lost his way and just none of that like that (laughs) and the Mm -hmm. depressed principal or superintendent or whatever (laughs) that i award you no points and may god have mercy (laughs) on your soul we are now dumb for having heard that. <laughs> and I still say that to people when they say something. I'm like, we're all now oh, dumb yeah. for having heard that. That's that's one of the <laughs> most incredible and like just perfectly dry line readings. There's no yep. emotion. There's no inflection. You just feel that that dry rage that you get after being yep. forced to hear something intensely stupid. And it's like, it's, it's very relatable. Yeah. It really is. You know, it's like every yeah. time the president tweets, we're all now dumber yeah. for having heard that. I award you no points and may God have oh, mercy God. on your soul. You remain in the lead <laughs> and it is your turn to pick the question. I can't believe that guy didn't get like an actual game show job after that movie i would have watched the fuck out of that god (laughs) oh shit i would have watched him just obliterate yeah because like everybody knows when trebek is like wow this is this is some dire circumstances that we're dealing with here when you can read on his face that he was dying inside Uh when you spoke but like i just want I want that one host that that doesn't hold back. That is just like that is incredibly stupid. Because even like Steve Harvey on the Family Feud, he still kind of like plays it up, and he's like, "All right, well, maybe, yeah, maybe." He isn't. He's doing it for the laugh, whereas this guy would be doing it. He's not doing it for a laugh. That's yeah. genuinely how he feels. And if you think that that's funny, that's the whole point. Because it's like the thing that made that so great is the dry delivery that you could tell that this guy mm-hmm. wanted to die. And if it hadn't been Eric that pulled out the gun, it mm-hmm. might have been him. <laughs> you, know? you don't know. Uh, um, they tried to do that back on Comedy Central like way back in the like, early 2000s, With- I want to say. And it was like some British guy. And I don't remember the name of the show, which is not at all remotely helpful, but it was, and he was just very dry and like made fun of people, but it was like not in a fun way. It was kind of just like to yeah. see how mean he could be and get away with it. And that's kind of the whole comedy central stick, right? You take a really good idea yeah. and you just go too far. Because the the only, the only game like, shows that I remember from Comedy Central around that time were uh, when Ben signs money, money and then uh, don't forget your toothbrush. Did you ever watch that one with uh, 
I don't uh, know. Mark, uh, is it Mark Curry? And then he played Mark Cooper on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I think that's, I think. God, I loved Hanging with Mr. Cooper. So that's why I watched his game show. uh, Because he would just, they would show up to somebody's house. They would be like, all right, pack your bags for a vacation. Don't forget your toothbrush. You're, you're fucking playing this game. And then like, they would get dragged to the studio and have to play this game show in order to see if they win this vacation. And it was fun. It was very dumb, but I loved it. Okay. 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 I, I vaguely remember this now. I I'm it's, it's coming back to me in a little bit. So I, I remember yeah. at least seeing ads for it. I don't know if I ever watched it, but I remember being like, hey, it's, it's Mr. Cooper. And then I, I'd get distracted. Sure. I mean, lots to you know, watch. Wasn't watching TV. Right. Well, I was also not watching a lot of TV because I was constantly right, in the right. pool. So. And I was constantly uh, just at home uh, watching a lot of TV. And Comedy Central was pretty much always on my TV in in those years. It was it was the constant back. Yeah. So it was it was those two shows. It was Kids in the Hall. It was super old uh, Saturday Ugh, Night Lives. Hall. Like, yeah. Yep. That was that oh. good afternoon block. Like that would be the brief amount of time uh-huh. that I would get TV. Is like. Because Batman wasn't on yet, so you'd watch Kids in the Hall, you'd watch old episodes of, or you'd, when you were homesick, Kids in the Hall, uh-huh. old episodes of SNL, and then, you know, then it would be, then you'd switch for Saturday, or afternoon cartoons, and you'd watch Batman and Superman and Justice League, and then back to Comedy Central. Typically, yeah, uh, if it wasn't South Park right then, uh, it was one of five movies uh it was it was uh yeah. eight heads in a duffel bag uh uh shit that's the only one i can remember right now uh later on it was planes trains and yes. automobiles uh later on it was joe dirt uh they played joe dirt fucking god all the time yeah i have seen that movie more than anyone should ever see that movie uh, but hey, it's good background noise. Uh, oh god. You know what else is still? You know what else surprisingly what? still holds up really well. Tommy yeah, Boy. Uh, definitely more than Black Sheep. Yeah, yeah. Black Sheep, not great. Black Sheep wasn't great yeah. even when it came out, but we just it was that you know Farley and Farley and Spade thing. Um, but like Tommy Boy, still, still real bold. good. Still, Richard. Still real good. <laughs> what kind of sick hotel is this? Oh my god! Housekeeping. Uh, yeah that that fucking movie is very good. Um. Very dumb, but it was like it, it was that golden age of we know it's dumb, just go with it. It's like right, <laughs> yeah, we're fine. Um, and then uh, 
I still, do you eat a lot of paint chips <laughs> when you were a kid? No? Why? No reason. No reason. No reason. Oh, man. Fucking yeah. Rob Lowe. Yeah. Piece of shit. Oh, that w- that's, that's one of the other constantly on uh, Comedy Central in those years movies. Uh, Wayne's World. A lot of Wayne's World. Yeah. A lot of Wayne's World. When I was in college, The Big Lebowski was always on. And I have never seen all of The Big Lebowski. Um, I've seen the first five minutes of The Big Lebowski. And I've seen the last ten minutes of The Big Lebowski. Oh, my God. But I. it's because... Why, why, why haven't you, why, why, Here, re, like, wreck my life? Why haven't you watched it? It's not, it's not because I think it's a bad movie. It just has never come up on my periphery. Like, it's never been something that it's like, I get all, I've heard all the jokes. So it's like, what, what am I going to gain from watching it? Yeah. Like, I've heard all the jokes. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of, because at the time, it wasn't my kind of movie, you know? So it was, when it came out, it mm-hmm. wasn't for me and so it was like okay and it wasn't that I I didn't like the concept or I didn't I don't I think it's a bad movie it just at the time it came out it was not my shtick and then now so many years have passed and I've heard all the references and I know all the jokes so like I gain nothing from going and watching it Mm -hmm. because it will not be funny kind of like what happened not saying that the hangover is a good movie or as good as the big Lebowski but like it's the same thing that happened with The Hangover. I heard all the jokes and everybody told me how fucking funny it was. And then I finally watched it. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll give it a try. And it was like, oh, I heard all these mm-hmm. jokes already. It's not funny. Like, I've seen this movie already. Same with, same with <laughs> Old School. So that's it. That's the old only reason. Did the same thing. Right, right. Exactly. So it's like, it's not that I don't, I think it's a bad movie. And I appreciate that people enjoy it. And I have nothing against the movie. I just, I don't think I'll gain anything from going right. and watching it now. Because I've heard all of the jokes already. But like, so here's the, re- here's the thing though. So it used to be on Comedy Central all the time I, when I was in college. And I got, um, I had a fever and I wasn't feeling well. And about my roommates and then the guys that, this was when I was in college in like the Northwoods. And all the guys that we hung out with were over. Hey, like they came over to like, I don't know, I think we were going fishing or something. Like some weird woods shit. And I was like, I don't feel well. I'm not going. And they're like, oh, come on, come on, Duck Noddle, get your shit together. And I was like, I have a fever. Like, I am going to throw up. And they're like, oh, we don't want you to throw up on our boat. Yeah. Um, so, so I just stayed. And I fell asleep. But I thought that I'd only slept for like a half, like, I thought that I had been sleeping for like mm-hmm. three hours. Um, I were between three and eight hours is kind of how I felt um, that I had been sleeping. And I fell asleep with the big Lebowski on and I woke up and the big Lebowski (laughs) was still on. And my perception of time was strange because I kept kind of coming in and out of it. Like, you know how you do when you're sick and you don't really like sleep well. So you're like, Mm -hmm. and you're napping. So you're kind of like vaguely aware and you can like hear stuff going on. And I call it like the daredevil effect where it's like you're kind of on the edge of sleep and everything yes. is very loud. And so, and that's what I imagine it's like <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and like, but like, so I'm sleeping and I'm kind of like on the edge of sleep, but the TV is really loud, even though it's not, the volume is not very high. And it's just, 
I'm hearing it and it's kind of, I'm like part of me thinks I'm dreaming part of the plot based off of what I'm hearing and so it's like in my dreams but I haven't seen the movie so I don't know if it's actually the movie and then I wake up and it's still on and in my perception I had been sleeping for a full day but I'd only been asleep mm-hmm. for like half an hour <laughs> For me, I just thought that it was like oh. an eight-hour movie, and I'm like, "What is? Why is this oh. movie still on?" And my friend, oh like, my god, even left yet? You've been sleeping for like, you've been sleeping for like thirty oh minutes. Oh my god! <laughs> and like, and, go and ahead. The one guy, the one guy who we affectionately referred to as Tuna, um, said, "Tuna's like." Uh, maybe you should go to bed. And I said, yeah. He goes, now I, I feel bad for giving you shit. Like, you should just go sleep. And I was like, I'm going to go sleep. And then I went to bed and I woke up like the next day in the middle of the afternoon and just stumbled out of my room and was like, is everybody alive? Yeah. But. And the, and yeah. the, the thing about that movie is it, it it has a very dreamy, like, vibe to the whole thing. Uh because because uh-huh. like the whole thing is just this mystery where everything is uh kind of going wrong for this guy who just wants to figure out why he his rug got pissed on so he it like it turns into him being a private detective essentially so kind of in the same way of like inherent vice where uh it's it's got that real hazy la mystery kind of vibe to it so like that wouldn't have helped your perception of how long that movie was going because like that's just kind of the vibe of it yeah and I don't know, there was some other bowling movie Kingpin. that came out right before Kingpin. it, or right around the same time, Kingpin. And I don't know, and I've seen part of that movie too, but I haven't seen all of it. And so sometimes I, and they'd play uh-huh. right at one right after each other sometimes. So it'd be like The Big Lebowski followed by Kingpin. And like, I only remember Woody Harrelson in that movie. So I know one of them has a dream sequence with like Valkyries That's Big Lebowski. And like, I, yeah, okay. And so like, I was never sure which movie I was watching. And sometimes the movies like intersected <laughs> in a way that like, oh, I'm just watching Kingpin yeah. now. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. And like, yeah, so that's why it's just, I think it's an eight hour movie. And I'm just like, do I really yeah. have time to invest in this? And it's really not an eight hour movie. It's like an hour and yeah. a half, maybe two hours. And I've invested more time into the it's Avengers. A- and had a worse problem. Yeah, had a worse <laughs> almost assuredly. Uh, not necessarily <laughs> with Kingpin. Kingpin like, is not a good movie, but Big Lebowski is a good movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the Big Lebowski. It, it, but, yeah, but I could just yeah. see like if no, those sure. are blending, I could see why you would be like, I don't know if this is a good movie or not. <laughs> like, right. And it's again, it's never been an argument that I don't think it's a good movie. Yeah. It's just that I've heard all the jokes. And so it's like, okay, I'm I'm gaining nothing by watching this. And I that's kind of the thing too, is like I don't want to be disappointed by something that's so beloved by people that I care yeah. about and trust their opinion. So it's like, you know, I I'll just leave it and just pretend that I've seen it. And it's like I get your references and I get your jokes and I know who the dude is. And like, you know, it's then we have our fun 
story about how the dude <laughs> the dude is is Obadiah is Stane. fucking yeah. Obadiah Stane. Oh, oh my, my favorite fucking uh, joke in the world. <laughs> just just this God. idea of after going through this horrible experience just spiraling into like business and just being an asshole and it's like yeah yeah that's what happened to him yeah um what else yeah I feel like that's kind of it I don't know I've just I've just been kind of looking for things that are soft right now or like things that will be kind mm-hmm. to my emotions um because I don't want to have a lot of any a lot of that yeah. right now. <laughs> like I'm in a constant state of having emotions. I want to have less of that. Yeah. <laughs> something so... something numbing a little bit. But like not a bad yeah, numbing. Just something that's like right. Something yeah, I'm not looking to like, you know, right. do drugs. I just I just want something that's not gonna make me f- I you know, feel particularly one way or the other. Just kind of like if it's light and fluffy and makes me kind of like laugh a little yeah. bit. Like that's what I'm looking for. Just no, no <laughs> strong emotions. Understandable. I watched this whole show. I watched this whole show, which I wouldn't. I don't know. It's. I wouldn't really recommend it. It was, but again, it was just something that was a very light, fluffy show that I could throw on in the background, and it's it wasn't too bad. Um, it was called uh, Sweet Magnolia. Oh, I heard about that. And yeah, and and Jamie Lynn Spears is wow. in it, which was kind of great. Um, and uh, the guy that looks like Patrick Wilson but isn't Patrick Wilson, oh. Chris Klein, he is also in it, and he plays a huge douchebag. Oh, he's a huge douchebag. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just kind of except for like that one movie with like Lily Sobies. Um... Uh, I don't know. It was one of those. It was one of those early two thousands. Somebody's gonna die at the end of this. It's probably American be Beauty movie. No, um, that's not Lily Sobieski. American was not in American Beauty. <laughs> nope. It was. It was some. <laughs> It was some like it was one of those Nicholas oh. Sparks kind of movies where it was like this is sad and you're going to be sad because okay. young love is tragic and it was like why kind of like walk remember it was like a, it was, not... yeah it was like a knockoff okay. walk to remember kind of thing where it was like this girl's probably going to die at the end of this movie and you're going to feel sad about Have it fun. but I don't really remember. Right. And I, I remember watching about half of it and being like, I don't care about either of these people. I'm out. Yeah, they're fine. If you like white people, I guess. <laughs> right? <laughs> is this, is, I just, was, this isn't Patrick Wilson? All right, cool. I'm out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was fine. It was like a gentle, it was like a gentle thing about three ladies who are friends and take care of each other and that was what I needed. Three friends being totally friends. being kind to each other while they're friends. Unlike the show friends. That is good vibes. But good vibes. Right on. But yeah. Um, and then, you know, 
Oh, I I didn't. I did I tell you that I was gonna watch. You the you, you had been watching it. Uh, I think you were like in it, like in the middle of the first season. Yeah. I just started it. I'm done. I got through. I I didn't watch all of it. I just watched up until Ryan dies. And okay. Ryan died, and I was out. So I watched all of. I watched up till mid season six. And then I watched his spinoff show that was eight episodes with Femke Jensen in it. And uh, I would have kept watching that spinoff. I'm not going to lie. Even without Ryan hmm. in it, it was a pretty good show. I liked it better than The Blacklist. The other characters were way more interesting. But um, And it also didn't have James Spader on it, which I'm always pro no James Spader. But um, yeah, it was, it was the worst experience <laughs> of my life. And... Um, <laughs> I hate the blacklist I, see, so much. I'm so bummed out on... that you bailed because I found out what they did for their quarantine finale. Did you see? I don't. Oh my god! They no. did what it did they in do? uh, like really rudimentary CGI, so it looks like a PS2 game, <laughs> and like. Honestly, just go and watch that episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> I might, I might do it. I might, cause like, here's the thing: I have no investment now at all. I don't mm-hmm. even know why they're still on because they've solved all of the big mysteries. Like, we are, we know that. Like, by the time she dies, she knows that the. So, if you haven't watched the blacklist and you want to watch the blacklist. I'm now going to go into like major spoilers other than the one character I had any investment in died only because I think the actor is hot. Um, So the main like thing is like this guy, this like criminal starts hanging out or start like specifically requests getting like speaking only to this brand new FBI profiler who it's her first day on the job. Right. And he has, he promises to like give them the information for every criminal that's ever committed a crime, it's like the FBI's most wanted list that they, he calls the blacklist. So he will help them find criminals that they want and also criminals they've never even heard of. And for the most part, he does. But the only thing is, is that he will only speak to this one woman and they don't know why. And she has no knowledge of him. She doesn't know him as a person. And so the whole series is built upon her, this basic premise of them finding these bad guys and him leading them to these bad guys but then also and then their lives becoming intertwined but then also why does he want to speak only to her what is his connection to her and she has like some suspicious secret past like her parents died in a fire but everything is kind of weird and like suspicious and then there's some suspicion around her husband which was the only person I cared about on the show And then he ends up being like a secret, like a secret spy or whatever. And he's like married to her as a job, but then he's in love with her. And then they end up getting actually married and for reals. And then they have a baby and it's like a whole thing. And then it turns out that he's her dad. Right. And the whole time, not the guy guy she married, not, not the guy she married. Okay. James Spader is her dad. So, like, the blacklist guy is her dad. And so, like, the story the whole time is, like, why do you know her? What is so important about this girl? Like, what is going on? 
like what is your investment in her and then some, there's always suspicious about where her real dad is and who her real dad is because she th- she knows that she was adopted because her parents that her mom and her dad or something it died in a fire and it's like it gets so convoluted and eventually you find out like he's her dad and then you know whatever and he like i guess hired the guy the guy that i like the husband but i was never really clear on that because i kind of really didn't pay attention to anything uh, but when ryan was talking been there. So. <laughs> um yeah so i don't know i didn't really retain much of the show but it was the worst <laughs> experience of my life well at least you're done um i really hate james spader <laughs> like, every commercial um, i saw yeah for that show made it look like the most obnoxious thing to watch because it like everything that he did was just how how smarmy can i be okay i'm gonna do that but more it's like no no yeah yeah kind of i mean the some of his stuff like in context it's a lot less smarmy like you get that it's just him being this like I, d- I don't want to compare him to Tony Stark, but, like, it's that same kind of level of, like, I am the smartest person in this room, and I'm also the most evil person in this room, um, so I will, I can basically say and do whatever I'm, I want to mm-hmm. do, and you're just going to put mm-hmm. up with it. Um, and sometimes, sometimes the writing on the show is really good, and he actually has some stuff to say that's pretty profound and, like, decent, and... Sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm bored with you and your delivery and your way of your cadence of speaking. And I just, now I just hear Ultron. There's, there's a very thin line between Reddington and Reddington lines and Ultron lines. And sometimes they cross. (laughs) Just like when you're waxing poetic on the state of humanity, it's kind of like, all right, Ultron. Yeah, you're. But also, he would have been like a really good Ultron if we'd given good, if we'd gotten a good Ultron. Yeah, yeah. but we didn't. But we didn't. <laughs> the, but, um, that's that's the anyway, Tony Stark so line. I, but you didn't. We didn't. So by the time I got to the point that Ryan's character died, um, I was ready for him to die. Yeah. I was like, then I'm free. Just free me. Because it had gotten to the point that it was so convoluted and everything was so weird. And like it had been a season of her. She faked her death when she gave birth to the baby so that she could get away from this guy. And then he was in on it the whole time. So I get, I did get to watch him be a sad single dad, but I could also watch that on New Amsterdam. So I was like, I don't yeah. know why I'm still watching this show. Because if I want to watch him be a sad single dad, I could watch New Amsterdam. Um, and he's more attractive there because he's older. And also, he's not a shitty person. Because they're all pretty <laughs> shitty people on that show. <laughs> um, still would fuck him. Sure. But he was a shitty person. And also the the woman drives me insane. She like makes such terrible choices. And she's also just awful and like grating. And then that, at the beginning of the series, like her two front teeth, one of them is like overlapping the other one. And it drives me crazy every time they do a close up on her face. Because mm. it's like, girl, get some braces. But then by like season two, somebody got her braces. Really? <laughs> 
or she got like a prosthetic or something because her, her teeth wow. get fixed real fast. Somebody got in a but, note. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I fucking hate the blacklist. It is a piece of shit. And uh, it was the worst experience of my life. And I never want to see it or hear it or speak of it. Cool. <laughs> so what have you been um, watching? So there are things that I know I need to watch. Uh, I've got two episodes of Motherland left uh, that I just haven't really been in the mood for because uh, that show that show oh buddy I think I lost you all righty it was nice i got to take a little break and get some coke same i I had to i had to take a step outside because it is very hot in my house right now uh so if you hear my fan uh i'm sorry but it's very hot i mean noise is noise man uh i i would like to clarify coca-cola not i'm not snorting coke I don't. I don't think that would be the wisest decision, uh, in in these tumultuous in these tr- times. These trying times. Yeah. Un- these unprecedented times. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Maybe don't do the cocaine. Don't start snorting coke. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I missed everything you said after that show is. Okay. So Motherland is a show that. Uh, has goofiness but it's also pretty pretty heavy a lot of the time it's dealing with a lot of real big topics uh so and and since i know it's like the season finale that i'm leading up to i'm like uh, all right i need to hold off on this for for a little bit yeah um so the only thing that i have watched uh has been she-ra and I'm not going to talk about it a bunch because I, I know you're uh, you not can. I just talked about the blacklist, man. Like, I know, n- which I know neither of us are interested in. You can talk about <laughs> yeah. it if you're, you know, like <laughs> you can talk about it. Okay. Um, because this show it, it is just incredible to me. I, I, I'm still stunned by it and because I, I came to it uh, a little bit late. I started watching it when season three uh, had came out and like the, the seasons are pretty short and it was only on for two years, but like they, they 
cranked it out pretty quickly. Uh, in 52 episodes, they told one of the most, no, uh, for me, the most satisfying story I've ever seen. It was so gratifying to watch every single character in that show grow and change and just become the best version of themselves that they possibly could. And I, I truly, ad I, I loved it. Uh, so I, I had rewatched the, the series uh, leading up to season five's premiere. And then once I got through season five, I was so happy with it. I rewatched season five again and it still hit just as hard. Um, it was remarkable because I've never seen a story in a cartoon really hit that uh, experience of being queer and they made this entire show hinge on a relationship between two women and and it was beautiful it 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 was it was truly truly beautiful what they were able to do uh i cried so fucking much during that last season that but it was it was never that like sad cry because i you know you know i get i get a lot of sad cries uh <laughs> i get i get pretty emotional about that sort of thing this was just constant tears of pride and joy <laughs> like i i was just blown away by it and so I, it's, it's just been kind of my obsession right now. And it's like the good thing in my life. <laughs> like that, it, it's that, that's it. She-Ra is the good thing in my life. Uh, and I needed that because after realizing that maybe I don't like Endgame, as much as I maybe thought and maybe I don't like how Star Wars ended up and how I had these situations where big stories were wrapping up and they wrapped up incredibly unsatisfyingly to have Shira stick the landing and tie up all of these different uh, story beats in a, in a satisfying way was so refreshing because there's, there's this thing that has happened uh, especially in recent years, but I think it really started, it started with M night Shyamalan and then it was continued with Christopher Nolan where it was this obsession with subverting the audience's expectations. And we got to have a twist. They can't see what, what's coming. They can't see what's about to happen. And 
sometimes that works. Sometimes it's good, but a lot of the time it completely negates the story that you had been telling up to that point, just because you don't want people to guess what, what's about to happen. Uh, a lot of what happens in Shira, I thought was going to happen from the jump, like from the very first season. And seeing that actually happen was amazing. It was great because I was like, oh my God, you actually, you just did what you should have done. You've, you've followed through with it. And while there are some stories that they, they didn't tie up, I understand because they had 52 episodes of, you know, 22 minutes each. So, so like, you tie up the stuff that's important. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you have to tie up these big, big things. And then like some of the little, little things got tied up too. And other things, maybe the, there's a movie in the future. Who knows? Maybe they'll come back to it. But, or a tie-in but, comic. Or, yeah, they've already had one comic uh, that came out uh, last year. Still need to read it. Um, but I was just so happy that I didn't have that disappointment that that happens so often with with a lot of these stories. But the bigger piece of it is. And this is, uh, I'm, I'm just going to get into some spoilers. Uh, but like I said, if you, if you watch from season one, you kind of see where it's going. Uh, if you've listened to this show, like going back to when we were actually ranking ships, you know that uh, I... I have a lot of lesbian ships that will never set sail. Lesbian. <laughs> Madeline's whole thing is, but are they lesbians? Not interested. Yeah. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. One of one of my favorite tweets is, "I have a disease that makes me think that every female character is sapphic, and that's called being a fucking genius." <laughs> uh. So, so like, I've had this thing for as long as I can remember where I, I connect, you know, female characters and I, I ship them together knowing full well, it's never going to happen. So when I started Shira and you're introduced to Adora and Katra and you start off with their relationship in the horde and they're both orphans and growing up together and they're kind of their they're they're each other's safety net and when they grow up they grow apart and then they're on opposite sides of this war and you can see that they still really care about each other even though they're fighting each other it, it led me to that very familiar place where I was like, I really hope they actually end up together 
I really do. And since Noel Stevenson, who, who was the showrunner is a lesbian. I was like, maybe, maybe I can kind of get my hopes up for this, that, that it's actually going to happen. And then it did. (laughs) And, and, and then it did. And then it did. And so what happens is uh, Horde Prime is a evil dude in space who has a bunch of clones of himself. And he just goes around destroying societies. And <clears throat> a lot of his uh, aesthetic is based off of... Uh, Like they they did a lot of the design based off of like super churches and like the the big architecture and uh, you know everything like that and there's a lot of kind of culty stuff going on with it. Okay. So he he uh, essentially finally comes to Etheria and he takes Catra and Glimmer, and so. Adora has to go and save them, but she doesn't know that Catra is out in space at this point. She just thinks that Glimmer's out there. So there's a point where Catra has done a fuck ton of bad things in the show. Like she opened up a portal that came very close to erasing reality. Like, that's not a great thing. That's pretty bad. But she is, like, she was losing her mind. And she was dealing with uh, a lot of childhood abuse and abandonment issues and just trauma. And she was lashing out. So she's on the ship with Glimmer. And they have been enemies up to this point. And... Glimmer says you have you have to think about this and you have to ask yourself if you're going to do one good thing in your life and then she hones in on that and ends up saving Glimmer and sending her to Adora and in that moment she's she's able to talk to Adora over the communication and says, I'm sorry for everything. And it's one of the most emotional scenes because throughout the series, Catra has always said, like, I'm never apologizing. I like she she was so hard and fast on that that she was never going to apologize. And just having that moment of she is pretty sure that she's going to die after she saves glimmer and she has one last moment to uh to talk to adora and she uses that moment to apologize but then don't don't get it twisted this is not a kill your gaze situation no no we're gonna save that goddamn cat and so 
there's an episode that is actually called Save the Cat, based off of the very famous writing term, uh, which Noelle Stevenson actually hates. Uh, but she was like, I, that was a working title and it was just too perfect. So we had to go with it. So Adora goes to save her. And when she finds her, uh, Horde Prime has uh, chipped her with like mind control, kind of like uh, Ramona gets in Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I, yeah, Fair I enough. blocked all of Scott Pilgrim um, out of my mind. So. But uh, so she's being <laughs> mind controlled and she has another fight with Adora on Horde Prime's ship. And it is incredibly emotional because she's like fighting through the, the uh, brainwashing and like they have these, these moments of clarity and Adora says, I'm going to take you home. And Catra says promise. And like, that when they were kids, they made promises to each other that they were going to take care of each other. And they weren't able to do that when they were on opposite sides of the war and they were back together. And, Oh my God. And there's a point where Horde prime, uh, uses the brainwashing to make Katra like basically fall into an abyss and Adora jumps after her, not knowing what's waiting for her. And she breaks her fucking legs, like falling after Katra. And she crawls over to her and is able to finally turn into Shira and save her. And then from that point in the season on, they're rebuilding their relationship. And it, it was incredible uh, because so often you don't get that moment in redemption arcs where you actually get to see the work that it takes to rebuild a relationship. And, and they took the time to do it and they showed Katra apologizing to every single person that she hurt over the course of the series and you see her grow and you see her work past the the issues that she had and it all leads to this incredible crescendo where uh adora is about to sacrifice her life to uh, save the universe and it looks like it's going to kill her and it's consuming her and it looks like they're going to lose and Katra is just holding her in her arms and she says you've, you've never given up on anything in your entire life not even me so don't start now 
and she's not answering. So she says, don't you get it? I love you. And yes, very, very. So Adora (laughs) is like dying and she's having this vision of Catra reaching out to her and screaming this to her. And she's like reaching out, reaching back to her. But then it cuts to what Catra is actually doing. And she's basically whispering it. She's whispering this confession of love that she doesn't know if, if Adora can hear it. She doesn't even know if Adora is still alive. But she's, she's taking that one last chance to, to get her feelings out. And it finally wakes Adora up. And she, the first thing that she says is, you love me? And Catra just goes, you're such an idiot. (laughs) And Adora says, I love you too. And then they kiss. And then they turn into a fucking rainbow. And they save the fucking universe. And it's the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I I love it so much. (laughs) Oh my god. That is okay, and I say this as as part of the community and fully supportive of it. I know, and it was amazing. It was amazing because like (laughs) In the, in the in the fandom, you know, most of, most of the people were on board with Catradora, the the ship. Most most people were were like, yes, absolutely. There were a lot of other people who were like, eh, aren't they kind of sisters? Or eh, I don't know, like uh, just every excuse you could possibly come up with. And so to just have that final confirmation where it's not only a lifelong love confession they kiss and the power of their gay ass kiss saves the fucking universe and it's the dopest shit in the world i lost my mind so like yeah of course i watched that entire season a second time the next day like it it was so cathartic to to finally have like that that thing that i have always hoped for my entire life to to finally happen and like you know you know how much i am crazy about like the power of love and friendship defeating evil so like the fact that it was the power of gay ladies in love it, it was it was it was perfection it was absolute perfection uh i'm never going to get over it <laughs> like i'm just i'm just never going to get over it and i would 
So you're just going to keep watching it over and over again yeah. until the end of time yeah. like I do with New yeah. Amsterdam? Because it's the only thing that I, kn I know from episode one to episode 52, I'm going to enjoy the entire thing and I'm going to be happy at the end of it. I'm not going to have to make excuses or be like, ah, well, you know, that part's not great. Or, ah, well, you know, I don't really think that that's in character or, oh, no, you know, maybe if I just kind of headcanon this, no, no fucking headcanons needed. It's all in, in canon. It's all on the screen. It's all right there. I, 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 I will follow Noelle Stevenson into war after this because she, she fought for this. And I was reading every interview I could afterwards just because I needed to know about the work that this took. And she was talking about how it has been, it, it had been her plan from day one, but because, you know, things are as they are and it's already kind of tough to, you know, make kids programming that isn't garbage. Uh, she had to hold this plan close to her chest. And so she would, she seeded the idea early on in, in the first season and with how the uh, production schedule was accelerated, they were writing season five right when season one started airing. So like there was a lot that was like already in progress, but because of those little seeds that she had put in there that everyone picked up on, because you, you got to understand it's not just the ending that is the gayest thing, like the it, it's the gayest show. It the whole thing from from episode one, the very first thing that you see Adora do is fucking finger guns, and it's just like wow, that is a gay girl, uh, <laughs> and and so she saw that people picked up on on those hints. And how excited people were. And she used that as ammunition when she went to talk, talk to the executives. And, and, and my favorite quote is, uh, she, she was like, I basically busted into that office like a cartoon character. Uh, well, when she was talking to the crew about what she was about to do. She's like, I busted into that office like a cartoon character. And I said, I'm about to further the gay agenda. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and, and because it is such a constant through line through the show. And it is so layered in that you can't cut it out. You can't censor it. You can't excuse it away it is the crux of that story is their love for each other and because of that she was able to go into the 
room with the executives and was like, this is what we need to do. And they were like, okay. And they let her do it. <laughs> they, they fucking let her do it. And I'm, I'm going to be in awe of it forever because I, I just, I never expected it would actually happen. Uh, I hoped, I hoped against hope. Uh, but I mean, it finally happened. And the, and then like the fact that like well, okay. Harley and Ivy kissed in that show, like the same weekend. And I was like, okay. Yeah, but right. that one is less of That's a win. That's the problem. She was cheating. And everybody tried to sell it as like, oh man, we you know, both both of these are equally as good. And it's like not really. Like Harley Harley is a uh, a much like TV MA fucking cartoon intended purely for adults. And like I saw the kiss and like the yep. way that they pull away from each other and they're like, uh, like it almost looks like they're not happy that they just did it. And it's like, oh, that's not great. And then you you put that side by side with Catra and Adora have loved each other for their entire lives and their love saved the fucking universe. It's like, which of these is more uh, cathartic? <laughs> uh, well, I, yeah, for sure. Well, I think, you know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Just, and and so that, that was like kind of a frustrating thing that but, I had to deal with where I was like, you're, you're com- you're kind of overriding how great this is with uh, the Harley and Ivy thing, uh, and that that was annoying. But then I just kind of yeah, yeah exactly. And it and like with Harley and Ivy, it it's less of a oh cool they did it. It's more of a why the fuck did it take you so long to actually show them kissing in canon in anything ever like come on guys that like that that's that's a 20 25 year long ship where it's like you you could have done this you could have done this ages ago Mm -hmm. um yeah well, and they had a chance to do it in comics yeah. and then just didn't. They swerved at the last and they minute. Keep... So it's like, you know, either mm-hmm. do it or don't. Yeah, either do it or don't. Because it's like, we all know mm-hmm. you've made them both bisexual in canon. Like, you've heavily implied that Ivy yeah. might also be just be a lesbian. And it's like, you know, you don't just stop giving it. Yeah. Stop faking it out. Either do it or don't, because it's not like, you know, maybe it'll change now that that Didio is gone, you know, and maybe we'll actually get some actual. I'm not going to hold my breath. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I don't know the amount of things that I've heard that were like, we pitched this once, but Didio is the reason that it's shut down. So like, hey, guess what? I'm pitching it again. 
Yeah. Uh, sounds pretty fucking great. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe now that he's gone and when things get back to regular publishing and like being normal again after COVID, mm-hmm. maybe we'll start to see some of the change and some of the recourse because the minute he was gone, Zach or uh, really? Scott Snyder was in there pitching Dick Grayson stories. He has a pitch because he wanted to write because of editorial. So I think there's something to that theory about about the Court of Owls supposed to be a Dick Bat story and not a Bruce story. Because he said, with you know, way back when I was still writing Batman, I had these Dick this these stories about Dick as Batman and Dick's time, the tenure of Dick as Batman and what Gotham was like under him. And I had this really great idea and I pitched it and, or I, I didn't pitch it because I, I knew I wouldn't get it because they'd already made the decision that Bruce was coming back. Oh my God. But now I'm pitching it. And I'm like, those, his stories that came out of Dick's time as Batman are some of my favorite mm-hmm. fucking stories in the history mm-hmm. of Batman. Like he wrote Black Mirror. He he co-wrote Gates of Gotham, which is one of yeah. the best stories of the family working together. Not just Dick as Batman, but him realizing that there is a group of people that have been strategically set up to assist Batman and him going, I cannot do this by myself. So he has Cass and he has Tim and he has Damien and he has Babs and they are all working together to solve this thing. And he uses them strategically and in ways that highlight their abilities because he knows that Batman needs a team. Batman is Mm -hmm. not a loner. At least his Batman isn't a loner because he knows that he's not good at all of the same things that they're good at. He's good at some of them, but not all of them. And why do this when Cass will do it better? And the, and you know, that's that's the best part about Dick being Batman is he actually he knows the strength yeah. of having friends and and like delegation like right like Dick understands right. his like not only his relationships to other people but like this the best of other people uh Right. Well, that's why um, yeah. Batman and Robin Eternal was so fun, too. When he when he came back and Bruce was gone and they had this this thing with Mother that they didn't know what was the plan or what was happening or why Bruce was connected to her or what happened there. And so what did he do? He got a team together of people he knew and trusted and knew their skill sets. And he said, you're good at this. You go do this. You're good at this. You go do this. All right, Midnighter's <laughs> here too, and I'm sorry about it, but he's good at something and we can use him. He's going to yeah. look at my ass and it's going to be I weird. fucking Just love go with that it. story. <laughs> he even got his... He got Jason involved. He got, he got Bane involved. involved. He got Damien involved. He had all of... He got Bane involved. <laughs> he had... He was working with everyone who would answer his phone call. He'd be like, yeah, I know I was dead. It's weird. I'm back. It's fine. Let's. The fucking anyway. <laughs> story is, is like everything I want a Batman story to be. Uh, because, because it leverages 
the greatest strength of Batman that so many writers just totally ignore. And that's the family and like how they interact with each other and how they're different from each other and why that's great. Uh, Whereas like so many writers and artists are just like, uh, like most of the family is like not here. And if they are here, they just look like clones of Bruce. And it's like, that's no. So, so when James Tynan took over, I was really kind of excited because I really like James Tynan as a writer. And he wrote, um, he wrote the uh, last issue of Nightwing before Bruce Mm -hmm. or before Dick became, went to spiral. And he also wrote the original version of that, which is the one that we have right. the art for with the funeral and yeah. that like Ugh. crushed us all. And we were like, why didn't we get that one? Yeah. Why didn't we get that version? That was a good version. But instead we have this weird fight in the basement. I want this one. Um, and I was really excited because I know that he likes other people besides Batman. And so I was like, yeah, great. The family's going to be back. It's going to be great. And then we were also teased that Dick was going to be back as Dick this year. So we were like, yeah, great. So Dick's going to come back. And then the Bat family's going to come back. And then the first interview he does, yeah, I'm going to make Batman go back to Dude. being by himself for a while. And I was like, so the same thing you've, everybody's been writing for the last like, same, fucking. <laughs> like, and, and, it, and it's not just, just comics. It's, it's the fucking movies. The movies and the... It's just... And especially when you have things about, like, editorial making a decision to pull Nightwing out of Teen Titan, out of Titans and out of legacy characters and keep him back in the bat editorial. Why? So you can sideline him? I don't understand. Like, if you want him, use him. Otherwise, let him go back to hanging out with the Titans. Right. Because t- and stop taking his he's friends a, away. He's, he's, an, <laughs> he's an extrovert. Like, he needs to be able to talk to people. Yeah. Listen, I'm very lonely. <laughs> so is Dick Grayson. <laughs> I'm so lonely, I'm going home. Um, and, uh, but, I don't know. Well, I'm yeah. glad that it was everything it, wanted, it, uh, and that's what matters. It was just so gratifying, uh, and and like I said, with with how bad Star Wars was, like I really needed this win. <laughs> like I, I I needed something to go right. Yeah. Uh, so I was just I was so thankful for it, and I I always will be. Um. You realize you hate Star you hate Star Wars now, and you might not get a second season of the Mandalorian. I know, and that'll be fucking good. Cramming all these fucking cameos <laughs> in it, and it's like, what? Did you guys not realize that the best part of the Mandalorian is that nobody was somebody that we knew? Like it was all new people and new characters. Right. Like it was all new people. I've I've. I really want to be excited for it. I mean, uh, mostly because uh, I mean, I'm I'm going to be excited for Katie Sackoff to show up in anything. 
So like that's that's a win. She's she's reprising oh, her role her. from Clone Wars. Uh, in action. Yeah. I uh, she plays a, a Mandalorian. Um. So so like gotcha. that's dope. So we're just okay. So so far, all I've heard is that we're just taking yeah, them and maybe rebels. Them into the I don't know. Why? I don't know. Can't we just let it's, them be separate? It's, it's this obsession that has plagued Star Wars since time immemorial, uh, where everything has to be connected, and like I swear to God, if they it, if. If I, if I, if I turn it on what you... season two of the Mandalorian and Carl Weathers says, Mando, you're a Palpatine. Like I'm going to fucking throw my TV out the window. <laughs> God, everything's got to be connected. Already. The fucking kid from Iron Man three. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I am so scared about it. So, so deeply scared. You had such a, you had such a good thing going and now you've got to like, we're going to throw all this shit in there. Do you remember when we were talking about how it would be a really good place to yes. like introduce like the smugglers? Yes. <laughs> like that's still valid. You could still just do that instead. Listen. John Favreau, Taika Waititi, we do. call us. We've got some ideas. We don't need yeah. Rosario Dawson who beats up trans people. What we, we do. need is, we is do Mara Jade. Absolutely need Mara Jade. <laughs> you can cast whoever yeah. you want as long as it's not Rosario uh, Dawson. You know what? You know what? She already proved that she's a dope-ass director for the show. Why not Bryce Dallas Howard? I'm perfect. I wouldn't be mad about it. Listen, I don't care. You can make her whatever. Yeah. You can make her whatever shade you want under the sun. You can make her whatever you want. I just want her to have red hair. I don't care if it's natural red hair. I don't care if it's a wig red hair. I don't care if it's locks red hair. I don't care if it's, you know. I don't care. I just want her to be a redhead. That's all that matters to me. But mm-hmm. if that's real, natural or not, I don't give a shit. Because it never says. It never says it's natural red hair. We never, <laughs> right. never told us if the we didn't. The we didn't trait. get that book. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. why? You yeah. know why? Because he's classy. He's a classy he's, guy. He's, he he drinks that respect <laughs> women juice. Um. Yeah, because and, he respects and, her. And the weird equal. thing is, I have the same thing about uh, any portrayal of Babs. Like, if you want Babs to be black, great. If you want her to be uh, Hispanic, great. If you want her to be Asian, great. Just red hair. That's 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 all that's all that matters to me. Like, it, it's yep. totally fine. Absolutely, Trans, like I totally would fine. I would love it. But like, just just throw the red hair on there it, it's just an icon on I, iconic look yeah. uh it's a part of it um but everything else right. like oh have fun go crazy 
Oh, you know what has happened what? since the last time recorded we recorded that we did not talk about? Oh, I know. Ruby Rose. I'm 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 sad. Out. But like I haven't been watching it. So like I'm not that sad. I'm not sad. I'm not right. Sad okay. I did watch um, it. She's not great. Also, yeah. like you could tell she didn't want to be yeah. there. And then they said she didn't want to be here. And then she said, I didn't really want to be there. Yeah. So it was like, cool. Then I guess it's best that you left. Like, no hard feelings. Like, I feel bummed for the crew and the rest of the cast that they have to like scramble. But like, listen, if yeah. we can recast Rose, we can and, recast like, Kate. The the actresses that are coming out of the woodwork, like, I will do it. Please let me do that. Like the f- the first one that I saw was Stephanie Beatrice. Yeah. <laughs> which like I'd be, I'd be down yeah. with I, like, yeah. I have always wanted her to be Renee but uh, if if she if she's Kate I'm totally cool with it God, wouldn't she God. she like she would be the perfect Renee like no oh no shade God. to no no shade to Rosie yeah no but she but they're a different but they're a different universe you know, she's the she can be the Arrowverse Renee, and and you know Rosie's still great as an older Renee in yeah. the Birds of Prey U- DCEU uh, universe. But yeah, she she's been my my headcanon uh, Renee for a while now. <laughs> yeah, I would. I love Stephanie Beatrice. Don't get me wrong, and I think she'd yeah. be great at the part. I my preference would be somebody Jewish, but like, you know. She's great, and I wouldn't say no to her. I wouldn't be like, oh, no, fuck right. her. I'd be like, all right, now I might actually watch that show again. Yes. Because at least I know she can act. Because I think that was the problem. I think and she hasn't, she hadn't ever been carry. asked to carry something like that before. She had she had, had smaller parts right. before, which she could right. do well with. But, like, yeah, I, that's yeah. That, it's a lot to ask. And that's why I do have... Uh, an amount of respect for like Stephen Amell and Grant Gustin because like they're carrying shows. It's so weird that you said Grant. So I was watching something on Netflix, and then the it's on the uh-huh. screensaver where it just shows you a bunch of other shit on Netflix. And <laughs> as you said, Grant Gustin, the Flash came up, and he was he was looking me right in the eyes as you said his name. <laughs> Did you say Grant Gustin? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's I fucking fine. hate him. <laughs> he's, he seems fine. Like I I just I got to I got to be real with you. I just I really hate that show and and I, and I loved it. I loved yeah. it up until I hated it. And Kind of. I feel like that's Arrowverse in a nutshell. Uh, like, I love this show Legends is the I only thing show. that has just gotten better. Uh, yeah. And they're ending, so. <laughs> and they fucked over. Yeah, which they is. fucked over your boy, Brandon So Ralph. egregious. But, like, if, Le- if Legends is ending and Katie Lotz can, like, go do other things, I'm. Um, um, all for it because she's she's the fucking best. Uh, she's the canary in that show. 
Um, but she's she's dope. Okay. Uh, she she just has a really great charisma that I would like to see in more things. So if if Legends ends, okay, I'm fine. Um, so funny fact, fun fact about Legends of Tomorrow. When I was on the cruise, um, sometimes I would need to go and decompress in my room because I was a constant ball mm-hmm. of anxiety in that fucking on that fucking cruise. Um, right. Especially the day that we got trapped on the ocean. Um, so I would go to my room and they had TV, but like a select amount of TV. Like you had like a couple of episodes of a couple of shows and um, it's, it was just the same shit for the, for five days. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't anything new. <laughs> and it was just, but they had like mm-hmm. two episodes of Legends of Tomorrow, and I would just watch the same two episodes. And it's okay. one of them is uh, Victor Garber's last episode. And then, so it was like the Firestorm yeah. episode, like heavy Firestorm episode. And then there was some other episode. And I was like, Never hey, did. this is kind of good. Never I should did. go home and watch it. Never did. <laughs> Never did. And I always keep thinking, I should watch Legends of Tomorrow. And I'm well, like, am I ready for this, though? Nope. <laughs> Even though Kate, Caitlin keeps saying it's so good, it's so good, it's actually fun. You'll like it, and I'm like, I know, yeah. I just one day you will. One day you'll be like, you'll be like, all right, let's crack this open. Yeah, because because like minor spoiler, but like yeah. you kind of get it because you've read comics, so you know these characters. But the way that the show starts is uh, Rip Hunter shows up to all these, you know all these heroes and is like i'm from the future and in the future you were the most beloved heroes you saved the world countless times everyone adores you but i need your help you have to come with me now and that's when they they go on their time traveling adventures and then when the first season ends he's uh like the truth comes out and he he's like you you're not beloved in the future you are entirely forgotten the reason that i grabbed you is because i knew that i would not be upsetting the timeline by removing you and that is the most fucking crazy way to start a show and just be like you're fucking nothing come be heroes with me it's like what? <laughs> like, That's no why kidding. you never trust a no guy named Rip Hunter. Just like, just like yes. you never trust a guy named yes. John Michael Carter. Fucking John Michael Carter. Oh man. See, mm. uh, <laughs> true believers, go back and listen to the episode titled "The Whitest Guy You Know." Uh. Yeah, I uh, that's Bruce Gold, uh, and he sucks. He's Which, a, like, that's that's another he thing that hard. like kind of undercuts oh, oh. the Harley thing, the the Harley kiss for me because I see that they're hooking her up, Booster Gold in oh, the yeah, comics. They're like, you fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, I talk to Sam Humphrey sometimes on 
on Twitter and like I've met him in person and he like acknowledged uh-huh. that he knew me from Twitter because I know Caitlin and um we're both from Minnesota so we have some chatting about Minnesota but like I genuinely have yeah. to stop myself and be like what the like, fuck come are you doing on. Sam <laughs> Why don't you like me anymore? I thought what we had was special. I thought we were talking about Nightwing constantly. uh, And and the the last thing that I'll say about the Harley thing is I will I will give a hell of a lot more props if uh, in the next Birds of Prey movie Harley and Ivy actually kiss. That's a different story. Like Put it, putting it in a live action movie. Yeah, that's a big fucking deal. So like, and the, and and so if Margot right. is able to pull it off, I will also follow her into war. Yeah, she wants it. She so wants like, it bad. So that that's that's where so. my my kind of delineation is. You do it in a in a fucking cartoon that most people aren't watching on a uh, fucking streaming service, like exclusive stream. That's, yeah, that's not gonna streaming service. really move the needle for me. But like, you put it in live action. Like maybe you know we're 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 actually fucking talking now. Ugh. Yeah. Also, yes, I don't care who you exactly. Ivy, but she's got to be I, a redhead. I saw one person say, "Like, hey, just bring Uma Thurman back," and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> no, no." But that's the uh-uh. thing; it's redemption. She was terrible. It's redemption. Everyone in that movie was terrible. No, no. Also, she's like 40 years old. So what? <laughs> Margot like, younger than we are. You can have crazy age differences between men and women. Why not two women? I don't. I no. I just. But I just don't. <laughs> I, I mostly. Just don't mostly, like it was women. just like. All right. No. I'd. I'd watch that. Like it's not. It. She's not my first, second, third, fourth, or fifth choice. But. Eh, it'd be funny. She's, <laughs> she's my everybody else said no choice. Oh. Every other possible casting choice that you see, could my come up everybody with, else said no, said no choice is uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Like, if they just like go, eh, Jennifer Lawrence can be Poison Ivy. It's like, uh, okay, I guess. Yeah. She kind of went away, didn't she? I'm okay she? with it. Yeah, she, we need a little... Her and Emma Stone both. We just yeah. kind of needed a little break And you know what? And they just kind of went Good away. Good for them. Although, uh, props to Taylor Swift, who's been tweeting up a storm about how, she's get, how we're going to vote Trump. She went from being apolitical to apolitical. Like... I'm here for it. Yep. Uh You know what? It's because she's finally Mm -hmm. an adult and she's been put through hell 
and she does not give a shit anymore. And she's like, all right, fine. If you don't want, if you, if you're going to treat me like shit, no matter what I do, then I'm just going to be real because the people Mm -hmm. around her, and this was in her documentary, the people around her were telling her that if she was political, she would end up like the Dixie chicks. And for her, who's brand new, just mm-hmm. starting out in the in very young, when your dad says, if you're political, you'll end up like the Dixie Chicks. And the only thing you know is that the Dixie Chicks lost their career for standing up yeah, for what was right. Absolutely. That scares you. And so she's been advised the whole time not to be political anymore. And you see, or not to be political. Never, don't get your politics involved. You're a young girl. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And that's what she's been indoctrinated with. And in the, in the documentary, she's sitting there and it happened with this election right after Trump won. And then we had the elections, the, the local elections and trying mm-hmm. to get the Senate. And when the blue wave happened and she was like, we need to get the senator out. That is the conservative yeah, I, senator yeah. from where Tennessee or wherever she's from. And she was like, she campaigned hard and there's moments where she's sitting there with her dad and her man who's her man and her manager being like you can't do this she's like i don't give a fuck i'm an adult and i'm gonna do it because it's too important not to yeah it's too important not to say something and i'm not gonna just be silent while people are could lose their lives for my silence the same thing that we are doing right now and she just she like has completely flipped and is like, you know what? No, fuck it. I'm not going to, if you want to destroy my career over my but politics, like, fine. I don't give a shit. I, I, and I like, am good for her. Totally in support of it. And I think the biggest thing is she waited until she was too big to just erase. Like you can't just ruin Taylor Swift's career because she said something bad about the president. Like this isn't 2003. She's Taylor Swift. She's not going anywhere. She's, she's, she's too big. She's too big. And I have always respected the fuck out of the Dixie chicks for what they did. Yeah. Because when they did that, it was totally, not a thing that you saw, especially from country music. Like you saw it in, right. in like the punk scene. Like Green were... Day has been, you know, they wrote an entire music, an entire album that turned into a musical called American Idiot. Like... Yeah, like there were <laughs> there were two volumes of uh, Rock Against Bush. So like yeah. that was like in the punk scene, it totally more common but country music like the dixie chicks took a fucking stand and i have always respected them for it me too they're coming back too you know i know i'm i'm so happy and i'm like listen i don't like country music i will i bear i didn't like the dixie chicks music but i supported them because i liked what they stood for Mm -hmm. and i will buy listen i may never listen to it but i will buy the shit out of their albums yeah and you know, but back. I do, I do have to, I do have to say this. Goodbye, Earl. Fucking slaps. That song. Yeah. No, I just, slaps. I just mean as a, as a whole. I don't. Yeah. I don't like their music. I, there was, they've got a couple of songs that are good. Just like you know, I didn't really like Taylor Swift's pre-pop 
fate like stuff when she was country. Yeah. I didn't care for her country stuff, but like 1989 and everything she's put out since then, like I became a Taylor Stan. And then I watched that, that reputation documentary and I just felt so bad for her because people fucking destroyed her. And what you, they forgot when they were coming at her after with the whole Kanye thing is this was a teenage girl and a 30 year old man. Yeah. And he destroyed, he set out to destroy her. Yeah. And a bunch of adults set out to destroy a teenage girl because which they has happened the... so many fucking times, and right. and like society just let it happen. Yep, and everybody just let it happen, and you wonder, and you people bullied her and were disgusting to her, mm-hmm. and like again, she was like, yeah, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, sympathize with me, poor little white girl. Like I get it, but like. Also, it had a profound effect on my mental health. Like, yeah. you have to understand the 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 perspective of like, yeah, of course, I'm not a star- I'm not starving, and I'm not I'm making music, and I I'm a I have money, and that I'm not saying that I'm the worst. I'm being treated the worst that there ever was, but I'm also I was also a child. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was a teenage girl. I, you know, new to the music scene. This was a huge thing for me, even regardless, irregardless. And to have this man come up, shove me out of the way and then basically tear me down. And I was a fan of him. Yeah. And he just treated me like I was nothing. And then sicked his fans on me and just obliterated me. Mm -hmm. And I was constantly being ripped apart on the internet. I was constantly being trolled on Twitter and, like, that was already happening, but people who just didn't like me, but then Kanye made it worse. And then he starts calling me a bitch in songs and tries to say that I was fine with it when I never said that. And then yeah. he sticks his girlfriend on me, who then sticks her fans on me. Ugh. What has she ever contributed to the world? Nothing. Like, a sex tape and a Liter- shitty reality show. Literally nothing. And, um, like, you know, so it's like, what? And this also this woman who's, like, you know, walking around trying to be like pro women and I'm a woman's woman destroys a teenage girl on Twitter. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? I'm not a threat to you. We have a completely different fan base, first of all. And second of all, like, I'm not coming for you. You yep. started it and then kept yep. going and then got mad at me when I responded. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Like, and at some point that's going to drive some, that's going to hurt somebody's mental health. Like, yeah. That's going to put, make someone sad. And I, I think I get to be sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. And, and so I think there, there are, there are more, but there are three women that I think society owes a huge apology to. And that's Taylor Swift Kesha and Megan Fox because the agreed the, the three of those girls got treated so fucking horribly yep for no reason no reason at all and like I I can't stand it I can't stand it I um, still don't like you don't have to like Kesha's music what's what how is it hurting you yeah like yeah. okay, so you, you don't like her music. She's just having a fun time. Like, who who is she hurting? It's not like she's out there writing stuff about killing people, but you, she's just having a fun time writing catchy songs. Who 
who did she hurt? Yeah. Um, and and like Megan Fox finally getting divorced from Brian Austin Green. Uh, I just I just want to say I'm happy for you, girl. I'm I'm happy for you. Uh, yep. That was a weird relationship that I I I feel like you you really it didn't need to be in, but I'm glad you're getting out. Agreed. Oh, I also watched all of Space Force. It's not good. Yeah, uh, I don't have any interest in it. Um, I didn't because it's it's like. I feel like it's the definition of too soon Yeah. where like you're making a show about a thing that is like technically happening Yeah. where like you base it off of a thing that the president wants to make and like even introduce a flag for a couple weeks ago, which like you don't have anything else going on. Buddy. Nothing more pressing no, than nothing, that. Nothing. No. No other focus that you need to. No. You. You just want to show your rip off of the fucking Starfleet Academy. Okay. Cool. Dope. 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 Um. So <laughs> it's it. It just felt like when that was announced, I was like, I feel like you should probably wait a bit before you jump into that kind of idea. And also, like, I'm not. I'm not the office fan around here. So the the idea of yeah. it's the office in space. It's like oh, it wasn't no, even really God. the office in space. I didn't really like the office either. Um at, but like it it really wasn't like the office at all. And it it also just wasn't funny at all. Yeah. There was like a brief a couple of times where it was like, all right. And like Dietrich Bader has random parts in it sometimes. I'm like, oh, I love Dietrich Bader. And he's love fine. that guy. Yeah, he's fine. And then I'm like, all right. This is um, a show. Yeah. So I do not recommend Space Force. Cool. And, it, and Ben Schwartz kind of just plays a watered down John Relfio. And I'm just like, just play John Relfio. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, because like he's bet he's better. <laughs> be better. Like, be, be better, Ben. Which is I like Ben Schwartz and everything I've ever seen Ben Schwartz in, except for this. Yeah. Well, you haven't watched Sonic yet either. I mean, I'm not gonna so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not either. Uh they they just uh did that movie for uh, the newest episode of Movie Fighters, and it sounds horrible. It sounds real bad. Uh, and like, I ju- I genuinely don't understand this mindset where it's like, hey, we're gonna make a movie based off of this very beloved uh, property, but we're going to remove literally everything about that property except for this hedgehog and this doctor everything else is gone that's what they did with okay so like it's the super mario movie all over mario it's gem and the holograms yeah oh the oh the movie of that one i watched gem and the holograms the movie 
Uh-huh. Um, it was because it was free on HBO and I was out of work at the time. It was like a, it was like years ago. And yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, I still lived in my old apartment and I was like, I, I think I still worked at fucking Grubhub. And I was like, yeah, this is what the fuck. I'll just give it a try because I remember Sam and I getting so excited about it and then hearing everything about it and going, this is not what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. So I watched it. It's fucking terrible. It took all of the joy out of Gem and Holograms. Which I just don't understand. Because they made it dark and edgy. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be dark and edgy. The whole show is fun and light. Like, and then they have random PSAs. Like, yes, there's some like child abuse stuff in there. But like, you know, it was those very special episodes about the runaway girls that she took care of. Like, why why did they have to be teenagers? Couldn't you just make her a wealthy, a, a, a wealthy heiress that takes care, runs a girl's home like she was in the show? Because that's a way better story. Yeah. I don't need to watch a, a teenage band break up and like have the same reasons for breaking up that they always do in every fucking teenage band movie. I've already seen Josie and the Pussycats. Like, and it's you better. could just, <laughs> yeah, except for Rodario, Rosario Dawson. We didn't know that about her then. Right. Um, but so then it's like, I don't understand. Like, why couldn't it have just been a woman who runs a girl's home like it was in the show because that's mm-hmm. a, that's what made it so cool is like she was this this wealthy woman in the 80s with who was a ceo of a of the music company and she was like the shit and she ran a girls home for runaway gr- teen girls who needed a place to live she mm-hmm. was like fucking awesome mm-hmm. and then on top of it she had magic earrings that made her a pop star like that's why we all wanted to be Jem because she yeah. was cool. She was a philanthropist and she was a magic pop star. And she it was fucking because... outrageous. She was. And she was t- outra- truly outrageous. She was truly, truly outrageous. You can't make and... a fucking boring ass movie off of somebody whose tagline is totally outrageous. It's truly outrageous. Truly, excuse me. But, uh, it flies in like, the, in the face of the entire point of it right and also making like the magic earrings were the coolest shit in the entire world and walking i had earrings as a small child like five years old i had little earrings and a pink wig and i would walk around my house and just like go showtime synergy and then put on my pink wig and then i was gem it was the cutest thing i've ever done other than kill mary poppins and (laughs) It's just so dumb. And the worst thing about the whole movie, though, isn't even that it was just a terrible bastardization of everything that made Jem special. But at the very end of the movie, they introduce as if they were setting up a sequel that would never be because the movie is terrible. They introduced the Misfits. In which Kesha plays Pizzazz. You had so much potential there. God. And you fucked it up. That would have you been so it cool. All the way up. That's like that. Why why is the movie ending there? That's where the movie starts. Two minutes of the movie where we got Kesha with her green hair as pizzazz was the only two minutes of that movie that was worth watching. I am so upset. Um, 
to bring it to to bring it back, uh, that's the exact opposite of what Shira did. Uh, Shira took a beloved uh, property from the eighties. It didn't hide what was cool and what people liked about it. It only made it better. It was it was the what you want from a a new reboot where it just makes it better but it doesn't get rid of what people liked didn't it doesn't get rid of princesses and goofy names like Castaspella and Catra and like fucking uh Natasa like it doesn't get She-ra. rid of <laughs> Shira like it doesn't get rid of that but it also doesn't make fun of it it it, right. it just takes it it takes it as seriously as it needs to. And I think so many times these executives who have no connection to these properties other than, Oh yeah, maybe I bought my kid one of those toys like 30 years ago. I don't know, whatever, just throw, throw it up there. Like they keep making garbage and wondering why nobody's seeing it and it's, and it's is, like just make the thing good this is exactly why i say that lego batman is the best version of batman it is because it doesn't take away from all of the things that are weird about batman yes because you have to acknowledge that on some level it's like that tweet that i sent you that was you know, you deadass have to remember, or you have to remember that, like, Bruce's best friend was deadass a 12-year-old. Uh-huh. And he was introduced to sit there and be someone that Bruce could share his pro- complex relationship problems with. And then it's a 12-year-old kid being like, so anyway, I found a cool bug today in the backyard. <laughs> and, and, like, and that's exactly, like, what it what it is. And it's, like, it's it's insane that Batman's best friend is a child. That but he that's should not have custody of. That's but if what's just, great. Right. And if you just embrace the weird, like the rest of us have, and that's why we've been reading comics for so long. Yeah. Like, it's fun. And you can just have, have fun with it. And, like, they just had fun with it. And they embraced all the weird shit. They embraced the weird campy shit from the 60s. They embraced the weird dark broody shit from, like, the 2000s. Like, just fucking there's a part there's a batman for everybody and you can just love all of it and you can love none of it but like you have to you can't have one without the other like you can't say batman is always this dark brooding nolan verse bullshit you can't say that it's always this weird Zack snyder like i don't know what's going on there but martha's involved and you can't, but you can't say it's all Adam West either. Like, it's, you know, and that's why animated series was so good too, because there were times where we're like, what is going on? Is he really like following around this lady who is a, a cat, a literal cat person? <laughs> like, you know, we had the weird shit and we had the, the cool shit and we had those episodes that just fucking threw you and were emotionally devastating. Oh. And like it was all there, and you had sassy fucking Alfred, and you had Dick being a little shit, and like it was all great. Like and it, like 
I I feel like every single one of the these people who are like it's too weird for him to be friends with a 12 year old every single one of those people I guarantee it loves back to the future and has never said the same thing about fucking Doc and Marty guarantee it right even though it's just as weird but it's also part of what makes that that movie great right. We watched three Back to the Future movies and never once questioned why this this old man's best friend is a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> like, we never we never said. It's really weird that the first person he thought of was, I'm going to go see my pal Marty. We didn't ask for context. We didn't ask for more information. We're just like, all right, cool. He's friends with this weird old doctor guy. That's not weird at all. <laughs> and, and the reason that it works is because you see them interact and you're like, they're friends. I get it. I get why they're friends. Like you don't need any further explanation because they actually did the work to have a good relationship on the page. Uh, Whereas I think that honestly, every single person who has written a Batman movie since Batman and Robin bombed is too fucking scared and doesn't understand how to write that relationship so they don't even fucking try yeah but here's the thing is like you don't have to have him be a 10 year old like no you can just you can have him be because that was what animated series did they're like it's weird to have a little kid right so let's make him in college and getting ready to be not robin anymore so we can just write a relationship where they've been working together for years yeah and you know what we all know that they've been working together for years that's all you need to know. Because it was and, established 80 years ago. Right. <laughs> and it's like, so you can, and they had episodes where Batman was alone. And then they had episodes where Robin showed up and Robin dipped in and out, you know, like a fucking teenager in college does. Yeah. Sometimes he's and busy. Sometimes he's busy and Bruce wants him to get his education. Yeah. And like, that's that. Like, it's fine. Bruce knows I'd rather you go to college and like get your shit together, even though Dick's like, I don't really want to go to college. I don't know what the fuck this is. Like, you know, it's it's fine. Like, you don't have to make him a child. You could do because guess what? There's four other, there's at least four other Robins that you can use. Yeah. <laughs> like, guess what? There's also Terry McGinnis. Yeah. So, like, you could very well have Dick be Nightwing. Or have him at the end of his Robin career and have Jason come in. Or, you know, like, in a better way than Titans has done it. Like, you can do so, there's so much potential. You could, and if you want, if you're weird about it, just make a fucking Dick Grayson Batman movie. He's already Batman. And then the reason that he's hanging out with this kid is because it's Dick's, it's Bruce's fucking son. Yeah. And he's trying to teach him how to not be a little monster. And like, I don't understand the the fear. I, I I I can only assume that it's fear that people would be like, wait a minute, Dick Grayson isn't Batman. It's like everyone knows Dick Grayson is Robin. Everyone knows that. Like we've we've been through this. So I don't think it's that far of a leap to expect the movie going public to go into a movie be like oh this time dick grayson is batman it's like oh that's different that's interesting that's not the same movie that they've made eight times 
Okay. Right. Let's see it. Guess what? We might get through this whole movie without hearing about Martha and Thomas Wayne. Wouldn't that be nice? Fucking once. Jesus. God, I watched that Justice League Dark movie and I was <laughs> the Apocalypse War. Yeah. And I was watching and I said I almost made it through this whole movie. And nope, we still had to have a reminder of how Bruce's parents died. Oh. We still it had nothing to do with anything. Batman was at best a side character in this movie. Oh. And we still got a, a Thomas and Martha flashback. Good God. The everything that I've seen of that movie uh, makes me not want to see it. Um, except there's one clip you'll enjoy. <laughs> is is it is it Constantine saying that he used to date King Shark? No, that's just a given. Everybody enjoys that. That's that's that's, that's the best, the part. most amazing thing ever written. <laughs> that's great. Um, that's good shit. That's good shit. I'm a hundred. I want that movie. Yes. <laughs> Oh man! No, it was um, between Constantine and King Shark. Please sign me up. Seriously, especially if it's the King Shark from the cart from the Harley Quinn cartoon. Yeah, because he's hilarious. Yeah, he's good. But um, no, it's um that there's the clip after everything goes to shit, and like half and the Justice League and like the Titans and like. Everybody, everybody, Justice League Dark, they're all fucking wiped out and obliterated. You know who's still fucking standing? Batwoman and Batgirl. Oh my God. The sole, Damien, Babs, and Kate are the sole remaining members of the Bat family. Oh, <laughs> you're kind of selling it. It, it's a it's a single clip. It's a single clip. Oh, you don't, oh. you see them briefly and that's it. I'll take that clip. I'll take that clip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to watch it just for that clip, I can give you my... I bought it, so if you want to... Uh, I'll wait I until they... Act- my Fandango login. I'll just wait until they actually put it on DC Universe. And then I'll, like, I'll find out what the time code is and just fast forward to it. <laughs> I'll figure it out for you. And I'll just... Uh, I'm sure somebody somebody's made a GIF of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. It was pretty worth it for the for the pit crazies, um, straight jacket Dick Grayson. Because yeah. he gets stabbed, and then Damien throws him in the Lazarus pit. Oh boy! And then just keeps him locked up in a in a room because he went pit crazy. It's like, yeah, no shit, Damien. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the pit does, Damien. That's what it does, bro. <laughs> Have you not met Jason? That's why we let me introduce you to Jason. That's why we don't use the pit, Damien. <laughs> but um, and then so then I the best part was the week that movie came out, and then everybody was po- upset about the how they treated Dick Grayson in the movie, and so then I, they kept posting the pictures of like or screenshots of him in the like with the crazy eyes and the stray jacket, mm-hmm. and I and so. <laughs> I posted on Twitter. I was like, so how's quarantine going? Me. <laughs> and then just that picture. <laughs> that's, that's, that's real good. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Well, that's that on that, I guess. Yeah. And we have been recording for a while. Um, I don't yep. want this to be uh, a Christopher Nolan esque podcast episode. <laughs> it's not the it's not the Snyder cut. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Dark side not appearing in this podcast. Uh, real quick, or that that fucking picture looks so garbage. Like. I mean, I just don't care, and I don't have HBO Max, and I'm not going to get it for $15 a month, so... I'm not... Uh, like, okay. What what's the selling point of the Snyder Cut? Like, more darkness? Like, that, right. that was not... It's sadder? Justice League. <laughs> like, that, that's, not, that's not what I'm looking for. Oh, there's more much- nightmare scenes? Ooh, no thanks. Fucking... As much I- as I hate joss whedon like the only thing about the jo- of about justice league that i liked is that it was a little bit lighter than all the other fucking dceu movies that i've had to see so far besides wonder woman yeah so like and i shazam. liked having a like little- i haven't seen shazam but i know that's lighter yeah but i just mean like the the like man of steel batman yeah all the batman movies that have come out batman versus superman like anything Zack snyder touched is just dark and and ominous and then nolan's movies were also dark and and just miserable to watch yeah so it's like this was at least a little fun and like you know yeah some of the jokes were terrible and didn't land and that is also joss whedon's fault yes. but like also they were a team the whole movie which is but ha- you've already beat the avengers yeah you not only did you beat the avengers you beat the avengers five fucking times right (laughs) they they did so many cracks and they kept failing five goddamn movies with the avengers in them and not a single time were they ever a team or friends or friends we're not we like if we if we open that fucking can of worms we're gonna be here all night no we're not (laughs) the end the end cut the check uh cut the check wash your hands stay safe uh donate to uh bail funds uh all all cops are bad uh we love you very much uh we love you we love you all take care of yourselves and each other um and you know if you're if you are out there protesting we're with you and um no justice no no uh no justice no peace yep and also also always remember to stay fresh cheese bags stay fresh 